Well, welcome, welcome back, y'all. Hi. Hi, Delora. How are you, my love? Oh, girl, glad I'm still here. Glad we still have a country. How about you? Okay. All right. <laughs> Same, you know, maintaining, doing my best, waiting to see what may happen. So how are you feeling going into this uh, MLK weekend? Well, that's an excellent question. I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> after the events of last week and the aftermath and everything like that, yeah, I'm just trying to get to January 21st. You know yes. what I mean? Amen. Um, Hallelujah. I w- you will be proud of me to know that I was scheduling a dentist appointment and they offered that date. And I was like, no, I'm not available <laughs> on that date. <laughs> I will not be going into anyone's office. Thank you so much. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I'm black. Didn't know if you knew that. (laughs) If you didn't know, now you know. Now you know. I love it. I love it. How about you, Ashley? I mean, I feel like I'm on the same page with you. I I keep having conversations like, let me go ahead and stock up on some groceries. Let me go ahead and make sure that I can just stay in my house for a few days. Fill up that gas tank. And I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but guys, I live in Florida. So, you know, some ish goes down in Florida. So I am planning to, you know, do what I need to do, stay in and hope that everything goes as smoothly as possible. But I, I don't hold out too much hope on that, given the events of the past however many months. So I'm with you. I'm just trying to maintain and live and look forward to moving through these series of events. I will say that. But I always have you in this podcast look yes, forward ma'am. to. Yes, and ma'am. On that note, guys, welcome back to recapping with Delora and Ashley. We have some hot topics for you guys to start the show. Mm-hmm. So, Delora, hot topic numero uno in an article on USA Today mimicked my thoughts. We could hear hearts around the world shatter when people's sexiest man alive, Michael Bajoran, mm. as you called him, Always. and Lori Harvey made their relationship IG official over the weekend. This is the first time that Michael Bay Jordan has officially claimed someone publicly. Mm. On his profile, yes. On his profile, let me be clear. He has (laughs) been rumored to be dating people, but he has never confirmed any relationship. Girl, he showed up in that girl's music video. Okay, but we don't need to talk about all that. That was not a confirmation. We have have pictures (laughs) We have nicknames. Girl, this is a real A birthday full of roses and everything. Listen, coming behind to blow out the candles. We'll get to all that, guys. Let me yes. give you a couple more. Let me give you a couple more deets real quick. So rumors about this couple had been going around since Thanksgiving. Dolores, I remember you sending me the picture yes. of them being photographed together in Atlanta. So Michael. Rainy pictures at the airport a little grainy <laughs> still very recognizable we know who y'all are okay uh, y'all are famous um so michael b jordan is 33 by the way and Lori just turned 24 and they on um their pictures have been posting like 
you know, them together. Uh, it looks like they were possibly somewhere where there was like snow and they took some trips. And then recently when she turned 24, you know, again. Recently, Michael, like yesterday? Like yesterday. <laughs> I don't want to throw out times because I feel like sometimes I'm not accurate. So I just be no, like, you I'm know, teasing. within the last week. Yes. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to be clear because it's been, uh, it's been a day. So as I, as I looked at these pictures and, you know, different things they've been posting, there's been nicknames coming up. You know, apparently his nickname for her is Turtle. She mm-hmm. called him Nugget. Uh, apparently has been spending some time with the family, all the things. Yes. So, Delora, we have had a conversation off mic in our group chat with our friend Shamika. Hey, girl. But for the sake of the podcast, mm-hmm. give me your thoughts on this coupling. Girl. I was I was not surprised, but surprised at the same damn time, frankly, because of course, Larvie's uh, Lori Harvey. I, I just made her name one. Larvie. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Lori Harvey can bag Michael Bay. Of course, she can, because her roster is deep. Okay. Mm-hmm. You see, I didn't list it because I wanted you to do it. <laughs> 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 Go ahead, girl. Go ahead. My girl Jessica Wu was like, she's Thanos. She just got the last Infinity Stone. She got the sexiest man alive in his sexiest year right now, okay? Lord Jesus. But the fact that her bench has included both father and son Mm -hmm. and the biggest rakes of music. Bridgerton reference. The rakes, though. (laughs) I'm referring to Trey songs and yes. future. The fact that yes. she is also bad enough to have mm. all these rakes claim her when she's with them is a whole mm. nother thing on top of that. And Trey- get in their feelings girl publicly when she has been seen with other men because let's be clear there was a point in time where she was photographed for trey songs and both future and Lil justin hopped into them comments sure did mm. sure did i'm not gonna lie i was sweating when she was with future though i was like don't get pregnant don't get pregnant exactly. but i'm like I, was- I know her mama taught her better than that but she was she was with future a lot longer than i actually thought she would have been she was with him during one of her birthdays he paid for her last getaway year honey with her girlfriends so the fact that she's getting these high profile birthdays every year girl mm-hmm. and she was engaged no she was engaged she was. to a she soccer was engaged player to a soccer player memphis to pay mm-hmm. and so for her to be only 24 i'm like so she got engaged at like 2021 or something i think she was 20 yeah i believe she and was then 20. when she broke it off it was like she got another lease on life because her dating <laughs> life is something of legend okay it- in her young in her young age and she also has a squad you know as far yes. as who her friends are in the industry right Ryan so Destiny, obviously Tiana um, Taylor I mean she, she has a full squad so for those who are unfamiliar obviously most people know who Michael B. Jordan is but Lori is the um stepdaughter of Steve Harvey mm-hmm and his current wife, uh, Marjorie, is her mother. Lori is a, a IG model. She's also modeled officially, like on runway shows. I believe for yes. like Dolce Gabbana. She used stuff to be like an equestrian. That. She used to be doing equestrian. Yes, she rode horses. Oh, okay. Had Very no rich. Idea. Very had, rich. Had no idea. Okay, yes. good for you, girl. <laughs> um, so 
that's just a little bit of background on her for anybody who was unfamiliar, but Lori has definitely been an it girl for a while. Meek Mill dropped a reference in the show about having her on his wish list. You know what I mean? Yes. So she has Oh, been- and Lori was in Normani's video, um, Motivation. Yeah. I mean, she's been in a couple of things, I want to say. Um, oh, and the father-son duo I'm referring to is Diddy. Yes. And his, his son, son Justin. Justin. Yes. Yes. Not to not to be messy, but that was real messy. And um, I'm not trying to shame her or anything like that, but I guess my question is, what's the end goal here? Okay. <laughs> because you clearly Michael Bay Jordan. Okay. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> because here's the deal. When she was with Diddy, to me, I was like, okay, that's a good one. Especially he likes young girls. He has money, you know, and then she broke it off and went to future. I was like, ma'am, what are we doing here? I definitely did not want to see her end up with future, but no. I also was not expecting this pairing with Michael B. Jordan. Not as all. I said in our group messaging, <laughs> guys, when you hear the roster that Lori has had, first of all, I have never hated, nor will I ever hate. I was laughing at a lot of these situations and I was like, Lori is a savage out here, and Girl, I was here for it. I was here for it. But and Rihanna needed me like every every day, like savagery, pure savagery. But I was anticipating when Michael went public for the first time with a serious relationship that it may be like the one, the relationship. And not to say that Lori may not be, but I saw him on the level of like Denzel marriage and Barack and Michelle yes. relationship goals. You mean type like of, a girl who who hasn't been with anyone else in in the industry type of thing? Not even that, but someone whose career path is different Very, and they're yeah, yeah it's just I, 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 and I don't want to say as if like she's not doing her thing career-wise for what she wants to do. She's a socialite. Yeah, and I, but and I think that's another thing that's fascinating about her because she's Black America's socialite. Like she's out here the same way Gwyneth was back in the '90s. Okay, Gwyneth has a roster too. She knocked down Brad, Ben. She got the Rockers. Like and Gwen, Gwen was savage. Okay, I feel like Lori is living rich girl's life you know what i mean it's just we don't get them fully black all the time you know what i mean so <laughs> we are always in the we're business. unaccustomed we're unaccustomed <laughs> to to this level of privilege right where we can be like oh yeah i can be an ig model and date all of these uh rich men as well and i have no idea what she sounds like I've, i don't think i've ever heard her talk so if you go ever. to michael b jordan's instagram and see one of his latest posts you'll hear her in her little their little video together you'll hear her speak so enjoy but i again just uh, no shade really thought that the the let the type of woman he chose is going to be different but i hope obviously for the best for their relationship and that this works out for them and that this may be a substantial thing for both he and Lori. I was reading uh, mm-hmm. further in this article I had referenced, and I guess when Lori first came of age to start dating, her mother was like, I know you just started dating this year, so how are we going to handle that? No athletes, no rappers. We're going to go down the list. Clearly, that did not work out fully. But she told no. her mother at the time, when it comes to dating, my mom has nothing to worry about. I got this. Lori, 
clearly we all know and have no doubt, boo, that you got this. Okay. So bravo, bravo, that's, lady. That's all I have. That's all I have. Write a book, as I've seen all the ladies on social please. media say, because you out here doing your thing. Because so. she ends up on top every time. <laughs> all right. So that was our first hot topic, guys. Our second hot topic sex in the city after years of speculation has confirmed a revival delora mm-hmm. coming to hbo max sometime in the future because you know what rona you don't know mm-hmm. new show is going to be titled and just like that it will bring back stars sarah jessica parker cynthia nixon and Kristen davis kim cattrall who plays samantha is not returning who has had a very public feud with Sarah Jessica Parker and has been saying for years, I'm done, I'm through. The -hmm. series will consist of 10 half-hour episodes and is set to begin production in New York in late spring. They have been talking a while about, oh, maybe we'll replace Samantha with somebody else, but it sounds like at this point in time, they don't plan on replacing her. They just plan on moving forward with the trio. And then I guess whatever the storyline will be will make sense to everybody. But what were your thoughts about this? Because they're now, the characters will now be in their 50s. I've heard talk about, oh, are people still going to be interested in seeing them, especially in the dynamic that they've always had, talking about sex and relationships and all these things, navigating that in their 50s. Are you excited for this? Do you feel like that's ageism that people are even asking this question? How do you feel? Well, I do think it's ages. I mean, it took Whippy on The View to say, you know, our girl's from the Golden Girls, mm-hmm. were knocking Still them down. One of my favorite shows. Miami in the late '80s, early '90s. So she you know, all they they numbers, their out numbers there. too, right? <laughs> so Blanche slept like this many men. That was, was like, a oh. strong argument that made me really look at this um, conversation differently. I honestly don't want another reboot, and I'll and I say this to say, after that second movie. I was like, I don't trust anybody with this material. (laughs) And let's keep it 100. The show isn't aging very well. Like, like in today's standards, you, the lack of diversity is Mm -hmm. glaring. Okay. And, um, it's just, it's just very exclusionary, which is the opposite of where we are, um, as a society. I just feel like, uh, why but you mm. know they're getting paid so i just hope that they have some really good writers and some really good ideas there have been successful reboots and i and i think they i think it took the success of these reboots i.e cobra kai yes. uh, uh fuller house um you know I, I can give several other examples and they saw those successes and it was like hey it's a thing let's do it i feel like they're more on the end because also, think about it, Friends agreed to a reboot before Sex and the City, so. Yeah, sure that, was that one, I'm not excited about it all, though. Sorry if you're a no. Friends fan, I have never been. But to your point, I mean, the original series on HBO ran from 1998 until 2004. The first movie dropped in 2008, the second movie dropped in 2010. So if we're talking about this possibly coming out in 2022, that'll be 12 years since the second movie that we're coming back into but i can say when i saw this i am still excited okay because i love 
Sex in the City. Like, who are you, Ashley? <laughs> am I Miranda? Am I? So I definitely have always felt like I'm a combination of all of the ladies. I don't feel like I strongly resemble anyone Cop in particular. Out. It's out. not. It's not though. I I would have once said I'm probably more of a Miranda, and then I was like, but I'm not that pessimistic, and I'm also not that. I don't know. Miranda just has her moments where I'm like, nah, but we ain't, Annoying. we ain't the same. So there's elements. I feel like in a lot of women probably feel that way. There's elements of us probably reflected in each of those characters. And I, I am excited to see because of the criticism that they've had, what they're really going to be able to do, bringing this show now relevancy into the future and refreshing that brand and refreshing that image. And I always have enjoyed watching Sarah Jessica Parker on screen, even in her multiple things she's done ever since. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily film as much as television, like Divorce, the air on HBO, mm -hmm. I enjoyed. You so did. I, I didn't get I into did. it. I couldn't I get did. into it. I guess I should say that. I did. So I'm, I'm curious. I'm definitely excited. I will be watching. I'll be waiting to see what they do with it. Um, curious, especially with the no Samantha, because I've read somebody say that's like bringing better Destiny's shower without Beyonce. I wouldn't give you that. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it that strong. Samantha wasn't everything, but, she, but I've learned no. the most from her, if that makes any sense. She was still a pivotal part of the group. There's yes. absolutely no doubt about that. There will, there will be a void that you will feel as as audience, especially if she you even said that seasons. maybe there could be a possibility of um, filling her spot with a woman of color or what have you. So and again, they had talked about that, but in recent yeah, be careful I'm though, because you don't want a no. black woman in that spot to be the quote unquote Jezebel. You know, we're either mammies or Jezebels, and we don't want either. <laughs> yeah, or either also just having to to live in that shadow like that character is already so well established Very true. that you're coming in and trying to fill some void and then are going to get possibly even more criticism so but the, i'm going to say two two more things so it reminds me of when they included jennifer Hus hudson to the cast for the second movie yep the first and, movie. or the, the first movie thank you mm -hmm. and and it was like you all missed the mark we wanted a woman of color to be in the group not to be carrie's assistant assistant who yeah. likes what, what the, the st louis movie or whatever i <laughs> and, and rental purses yes um yes it was it, again yeah we want somebody what, on par we want a real life um what's her name the new addition to uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Garcelle. We want a real life Gar Garcelle in the mix of New York life and living and lavish and luxury and all those things. So, yeah, I will be, as I said, curious to see what they do. They're definitely going to have to bring it into the now. They're definitely going to have to give a more real, authentic New York experience to audiences. Yes. And, but I'm here for it. Um, so on that note, we'll talk about one last show before we get into our recap, which is Insecure. Mm. Yesterday, it was announced by Issa Rae, show creator mm -hmm. and star that Insecure will end after its fifth and final season. Mm. I, I felt some type of way about this, guys, because I truly feel that season four was the best season yet period of insecure period because you know why we actually saw growth 
in the characters. We, so you took the word, amen, yes. <laughs> that what I had been waiting for was to see the progression, to see the growth of human experience and to yes. see these characters learn from their actions. There was a point in time, as much as I have enjoyed Insecure, there were points in time where I was like, I'm done with this show. Like yes. I'm tired of this. I'm tired yes. of y'all continuing to make the same mistakes. Making the I'm same tired stupid faces of... when you make stupid decisions. Yes, Ooh. I said it. I, I, only thing I will say about season four and Yvonne, I love you in real life, but I was on the team bandwagon for a minute of like, kick her ass off the show. You were getting to me in season four. I will be completely honest, but was it a beautiful season overall? Yes, absolutely. I absolutely loved it. And guess it. what? It was so needed. It was so, the, the, I think the other reason why season four was so just perfect, we're in the middle of a freaking pandemic and to just get that that warm black hug <laughs> each Sunday. It's um, so all of the things. It's such good writing. It's such good uh, comedic uh, elements to it. It's such good storylines. Absolutely. It's, and what it's, I it's mean by that things. too, it's, it just was like, a, it was a hug after the, the civil unrest in June with the George Floyd killings. And it was just like, oh, this is for the culture. You know what I mean? Like, this <laughs> is for the culture. And we, I, we, we embrace it. And like she said about Chad, it was like, she, she knows her show is for us. By we, us. By us. And, and it was just beautiful. Beautiful. So I will say that Prentice Penny, who's the showrunner, tweeted yes. to grieving fans of the show and basically said that, Insecure will inadvertently pay homage to President Barack Obama. He said, hmm. we found it comforting to end the series doing 44 episodes. As fate would have it, Cute. our best numbered president, Barack Obama the GOAT. And then in another subsequent tweet, he said that we have, he and Issa had always intended to only have five seasons of Insecure. So yes. it's not like they're being forced out. It's not nope. like that this show will not beautifully come to its conclusion, just like with Shit's Creek. Yep. When people know when it's time to end, those are yep. the best series for me because you don't want to overstay your welcome. You don't want to get to a point where it's like, you have audiences falling off because they're no longer interested. You would rather go out with a bang and go out at a point where fandom is still there and people still love you. Exactly. There could be an insecure film in the future. And then I'm sure East is going to continue to work with HBO and create some bomb content. Oh my gosh. So yes. I'm excited She's executive for that. producing all types of things. Yeah. And so for me, I was not sad to hear the news. I was, I was, it was one of those things where it was like, I knew this was coming. She had said this. And I actually appreciate, again, like you say, series that knows their arc, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because they are able to be so endearing to pop culture, you know what I mean? And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm excited so for it. And I, I know, and, and I, I will say <laughs> one last thing. I was so proud of them to finally get recognition on a major platform um so this year we we got nominations for Issa and Yvonne and and the writing and the show mm -hmm. or, or wait wait not the show 
but some of the writing, right? It, they they got they got nominated for multiple Emmys. I believe they may have won one. I can't remember what that Emmy was for, but definitely the show has deserved recognition. And I think again, because time. season four yes. gave us so many things, including the revival, the relationship with, between Issa and Lawrence. Spoiler alert for anyone who does not know. Phase. We didn't know any of this. We didn't know. We the never love. even knew we needed it, Delora. We Girl, never even knew we, we did not. It. We did not. And I was so here for it. It was such a satisfying season. Now, granted, y'all really got me with that end that I will not spoil for anybody who has not gotten a chance to see it. Just know we're going into season five hot. I can't so wait let's to get this it. done. Exactly. <laughs> we will definitely be talking about it on the show. They have not set their release date yet, but as soon as they do, we will let y'all know and we will be on it. So on that note, Delora, my friend, I'm going to toss it over to you for a recap of Bridgerton part two. Bridgerton part duh. In this week's recap, we are going to recap episodes five through eight. Episode five, the Duke and I defend off rumors about their garden escapades. Simon and Daphne must take a personal appeal to the queen. Morena's wet-like scheme dismays Penelope. So Ashley... We left off. We left off on a dynamic duel between Antony and Simon over the virtue of Daphne. And at the end of that episode, she told him that we're gonna get married because that's just what that's just how that cookie's gonna crumble. <laughs> so in the beginning of episode five, Mama, I'm getting married. Daphne announced her mom. The big nudes. The thing I love about this part, too, really quick, is how Mama Bridgerton was obviously hungover, and she refused to acknowledge it. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> that was so hilarious to me. I'm not, and, I'm not feeling well. I'm, I'm just not feeling well. <laughs> she, she, they started talking about controlling passions, and it was like, okay, Mama, I, really quick, I hate when parents do that. They tell you not to do something, and then when you when you get old enough or something, they're like, "Oh yeah, we just wanted to make sure you got out of high school." But you know, life happens. <laughs> like, hey, really? mamas, mamas are keeping it real. We got to keep you grounded when we need you grounded. When you get grown, we can be we can keep it real with you. We can be honest. She was just keeping honest. It, me and your father, we had trouble controlling our passions. Okay, <laughs> I mean, eight kids later. You know, keeping it a hundred. Can that I tell you for some reason as you're talking about this, I have Bruno Mars. Uh it's a beautiful night. We're looking for <laughs> something dumb to do. Yes. For some reason, that is going in my head. Yes. Think I wanna marry you. Yes, oh. Bruno, drop that next album. Anyway, <laughs> any day, sir. Any day. <laughs> so the queen and the prince are completely blindsided because they find out the engagement between the Duke of Hastings and Daphne through the paper, through the gossip, Whistle Down Chronicles, okay? The queen was pissed. She was pissed. And one of the things that um, Lady Whistledown said that I love, she's like, two reasons to marry so quickly is uh, it's either true love or concealing a scandal. <laughs> the prince goes to visit Daphne to see, like, hey. What's really good? Were we not on the same page? <laughs> and he was so sweet, like I mentioned previously. 
And um, her, the youngest sister heard the conversation between Daphne and the prince. And of course, Daphne reassured him and say, we were definitely on the same page, but the Duke and I are meant to be essentially. But the youngest sister was like, oh my goodness, I hope the Duke's proposal was as romantic as that. And part of me as a viewer was like, Oh my, nope! It was, sure wasn't. <laughs> it was all over Daphne's face. It was all. It was, I mean, the prince was so gracious in this yes, moment. You know, yes. it just again. There's I. I love the dynamic sometimes in movies and shows where when a third person is presented in like a love triangle, it's not. Mm-hmm. It does. It's not an easy decision because in this case, it's not. Yes. The prince was a wonderful man. There was nothing wrong with him. And the queen. It was so notebook-like, you know? Oh, well said. And the part that I love also is the queen was like, use your title, okay? And he was like, I am not going to do that, aunt. And I was just like, that that says a lot about his character, which I I really enjoyed. His temperament, even in previous episodes, remember he was like, if her love, if her heart is already claimed by another, like there's nothing else that I can do. He was just, exactly. he was so gracious. And it seems like, especially probably in that era and the privileged life he probably had led, that was probably a rarity of character. Girl, yes. And that was a beautiful thing. It, absolutely. Absolutely. So speaking of cold feet, the Duke has visibly lost his sugar honey iced tea. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after this announcement in in the paper, Daphne and Simon, Lady Dunbury and Mama Bridgerton are all supposed to be promenading, right? Mm-hmm. And Simon shows up late and he's visibly intoxicated. He is wasted. <sighs> Ashley, Daphne was trying to pick up their banter and and talk about you know keeping up appearances or whatnot and he wasn't even he wasn't having it he was not connecting to her at all and of course when you're engaged the only thing people seem to want to talk about even before your wedding date is announced are children and so they run into some of the people of the town and they talk about how beautiful of a couple they are and they can't wait to see them have kids and Daphne tries to uh, touch his hand you know hold his hand and he he rejects her in front of everyone Ashley embarrassing Daphne looked horrified embarrassing. okay mm-hmm. and I'm just like what is going on here so we move forward in this episode and the f- Featherington's money problems are showing. Mm. Madame Delacroix is not making any more dresses for the for the girls until they pay their bills. <laughs> and Lady Featherington told this to Mr. Featherington, and all he had to say was, "They can reuse their dresses. <laughs> <laughs> they have plenty of them." And and she was like, "We can cut off your tobacco allowance." Mm-hmm. He just seemed for him to have dug such a deep hole. He just seems so unbothered. Well, except for in episode four when he had that breakdown. And yes, yes. I'm sorry. Not that I laugh at men showing vulnerability, but I laughed my ass off when he it broke was down so crying unexpected. like that. 
it was, was so just unexpected. so and he was just seemed so pitiful i think yes. that's what it was he seemed so yes. pitiful so yes now he goes back to like a more reserved aloof version but that was the time where i could tell like all of this has gotten to him he knows he's failed his family and unfortunately this may just be the way that he has to react to it in order to be able to move through it so he's not like you know depressed or whatever because i mean he lost all their money guys the dowry that he the had for all his daughters their everything was up for grabs at that point who knows they, they were at the point where they head. they would have had to sell everything in the house to make things mm-hmm. make ends meet and again and, this is why when we were talking about the undoing previously i said i don't mind nicole keeping that money separate because you see what happens girl especially when you're not paying attention to that money the more zeros that are added to it absolutely <laughs> and speaking of the Featheringtons, Penelope is starting to push back a little bit. You know, up until this point, she was Marina's number one confidant, uh, dealing with um, writing letters to her love off at war and, you know, taking care of her condition, <laughs> her being pregnant. But the connection between Colin and Marina is becoming more obvious. And, and that connection is becoming stronger, Penelope is starting to push back a little bit more to the point of um, she's acting like her, her back's against the wall at this point, Ashley. What, mm-hmm. did, what did you think about this turn of events, a turn of attitude in particular with Penelope? Well, as I said during part one, I saw this coming because... Yes the love triangle was already getting set up. You could already see every time there was a discussion with her and Marina about Colin, there was some tension there. There was a look on Penelope's face. There was whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was understandable, especially given the situation that she would feel the type of way, even if she didn't have a crush on him, even if it was just, just a friend, the idea of Marina wanting to essentially just seduce him and get him to propose for the sake of, getting married and covering up her child, her being mm-hmm. pregnant from someone else, mm-hmm. that is manipulative. Yes. And I even, I even was, was thinking during this, is this, does, is it cruel? I mean, in her opinion, she's doing mm-hmm. what she has to do, but that's, there's a level of cruelty there. Well, because it's selfish, right? Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. not, you're not allowing the other person to have a say on the mm-hmm. matter. And that's Absolutely. where, you know, she might have clear she may be able to sleep good at night with her decision but that's because she reconciled it within herself exactly and this is something that obviously is throughout this whole series poor communication Mm. (laughs) okay and so with her not being up front with her potential mate i.e colin you know Mm -hmm. that makes things very interesting and Penelope having known the Bridgerton especially Colin for all these years she probably felt like she had to speak up and wanting to protect him again her intention is obviously more than she lets someone even because she has feelings for Colin yes but at the same time even if this were just a friend I understand that desire to protect him because if this were my friend I would absolutely be feeling the same way And I'm not going to take Marina's side over Colin, who I've known my whole life, it seems like, potentially, because they live across the street from each other. I don't know if we've ever spoken of that. The Featheringtons and the Bridgertons live across the street. This is your neighbor. Yes. 
And Marina, again, I understand her position, especially being a woman of that time, not knowing what to do, but that does not negate the cruelty that you are potentially inflicting on this young man. So. And I will also say this, I hear you, but I found myself leaning towards Marina in this particular scenario triangle. I had empathy. I had, I had empathy. empathy for her. I had empathy. Because Penelope was Penelope started getting on my nerves just a bit. She definitely was getting on my nerves. I just extend grace in the idea that if I were in that situation, if I were in her shoes, if I had this situation going on, I would definitely have spoken up. Like there's no way that I would have just sat back and not said anything, I would imagine, knowing me. (laughs) And the last thing I'm going to say to that is, I think part of the reason why she was getting on my nerves is because the way that she was going about it was very immature. Yeah, it was shady. She wasn't straight up coming to Marina and saying, listen, yes, you are tripping. I don't appreciate you doing, and that's a fair point because, Delora, that's exactly how I would have did it. I would have went straight to her face. Period. And I would have said, ma'am, listen, I'm going to need you to have several seats. If you don't say something to Colin, I'm going to tell him. I'll give it until tomorrow. You are not going to trick my friend into marriage, and you'll be here whole pregnant by another man. You got the wrong one. Girl, not today. 18, 12, 18, 13. You got the wrong one. Today, okay, and that's why we're friends, okay? We keep it 1,000 at all times. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. But fair point, that is true. How old were they, though? How old was Penelope? Thank you for saying that, Ashley, because one of the things that I found out since part one, um, (laughs) Daphne is 18 years old. Mm. The the marriage-minded misses were around the ages of 16 to like 18, 19 years old. Mm. Okay. And the Duke is supposed to be around 28 years old. So. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. And obviously not surprising because look at the way Colin was treated and talked about. He's older than Daphne. As if he was not ready for marriage. Yes. Yes. Crazy. Because he needed to sow his royal wild oats. Girl. Girl. So one of the things I didn't mention yet was when Daphne informed her mom about her and the Duke's engagement, there's a sense of urgency. She wants to get married in three days. And Mm. so, again, in preparation for the wedding, you go to the Maldives. And there, Cowper saw Daphne and started talking some shit some shade to her it was it was feeling real blackmail-y you know uh (laughs) stating oh she claimed to know her quote-unquote the whole game that apparently Daphne was playing was you got the prince attention to make the duke jealous and good luck with trying to marry him and one thing that I love about Daphne is she is a woman of agency she told old girl I'm about to be a duchess in three days. You can be my friend or you can be my enemy. Mm-hmm. Choose wisely, B. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like we all know a Cressida in our lives at one yes. point in time. Um, and I think that Daphne handled the situation masterfully. I yes. love the fact that Daphne was so um, choosy in the way she chose to talk to people and approach people she but found always, her power in that scenario but always made her point i mean this is what i was saying about daphne even in point in part one daphne is is 
underestimated in her ability to be very logical and also very tactical in the way that she approached many situations. Yes. You know, you can take the Simon situation as her being irrational and falling for this guy who's unattainable, all these things. Mm -hmm. But the way that Daphne maneuvered, I felt was very reasonable and practical for that era, especially. So hats off to Daphne in many a situation, but I definitely like the way she handled uh, Miss Cressida. So Miss Cressida had to gather her fabric and leave. Okay. Her and her mother were a piece of work. I hated her hair, by the way, too. That that braid situation. Like, what like are we doing? Thing about her. <laughs> I <didn't> like anything. <laughs> If I saw the actress on the street, I may turn up my nose like, oh, I know you. Ew. <laughs> just kidding, girl. I'm just kidding. So Simon and Anthony meet at the church because they're getting ready for this wedding that's supposed to be happening in three days. And guess what, Ashley? No license, no marriage. And when Daphne hears about this, and as well as Mama Bridgerton, there's a panic. Because if too much time goes by, you know, Cressida has time to start spreading some rumors, okay? And so one of the things that I absolutely love, and this, this panic scene also is um, a celebratory dinner between the Bridgertons, Lady Danbury, and Simon for this upcoming nuptials. And Lady Danbury is like, I know who canceled that special request for Speedy license it was the queen she's upset you didn't marry her nephew and she's making a power move so to speak and uh she's like i need for y'all to make a plea in in person i need for you all to be genuine but do not grovel you need to do this in order to get what you need so you can get married in a couple of days and i i love this scene because <laughs> lady danbury Again, she just knows her power, you know what I mean? And she knows her friends, you know, they're just as petty as everyone else. <laughs> I just love yeah, that. Yeah, Lady Danbury is the best. This speech that Simon gives before Ashley, the Queen. stop it. Stop this it. Speech, this speech. Stop it. No, we are not there yet. I have two more <laughs> things to say, okay? Sorry, go ahead. <sighs> Before we get to this epic speech, okay, mm -hmm. we have a quick scene where Benedict goes to Sir, or his name is, is he Mr.? He's Mr. Uh, Gangville, right? He's not a lord, correct? I do not know that gentleman's name, okay. but he definitely brought some scandal, so. Girl, first of all, he showed up to, uh, to sketch. Again, it was a whole sexy party going on. Nude models, nude models in 1813 out here. Girl, nude, nude models. models. They were kissing and and a lot of action going on. And, and Benedict kind of jumped right in with both feet, though, real quick. I mean, Benedict had a whole, had a whole situation unbeknownst to him with that man's wife. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. had no idea. He had he no sure idea. Did. He sure did. All right. And um, can I just say he yes. was on some Prince Harry ish? That's what I thought the whole time because he's the second <laughs> son. He is the second freedom, son. Freedom. And they have, you know, they have a discussion about that, right? Like they do. The it's second a sons. Yeah. So we don't have that level of responsibility on our shoulders. 
Prince Harry-ish <laughs> in Prince in Prince Harry's wilder days. Let me be yes, clear. He was talking, he now settled his build your down. Days. <laughs> we're Vegas. talking pi- exactly pictures in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Harry lived his best life. And the last scene uh, before the plea to the queen, Simon is drunk on the street. And so the first time I saw this. I was under the impression that, oh my goodness, I vowed to never get married and I'm getting married. But when I watched it again, I realized that he's feeling like he's trapping a wife. Yeah. Yeah. I was really surprised by that. He's guilty. He feels guilty. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, um, of course, Will being the great friend that he is, you know, he gets him off the curb and say, man, get your life together. Okay. So with the Featheringtons, Lady Featherington informed Marina that she has a lord on deck to marry her in her current condition. And again, with him being old and creepy, (laughs) um, Marina is like, hey, let me trap Colin real quick. And let me um, get into... A situation with him so that he might not know this baby ain't his and that we will be engaged and we don't have to worry about the scandal of being pregnant um this is where it got really dark you know what i mean in terms of their scheming to try to marry her off the fact that that, that she was willing to lie to colin i mean it, i guess it's all bad right but to even falsely get this man in bed and then say, oh, this is your baby. I mean, Ashley. I mean, again, that's why I said I give Penelope as annoying as she did get at at certain points in time. If you put yourself in those shoes, that was not the ideal way to go about that. I feel that Marina thought she was doing what she absolutely had to do given that situation. But on Colin's side, it was unfair. It was unreasonable because he really did have feelings for this woman. He really he did. did feel that he was in love with this woman. So it was very unfortunate as a viewer and also as Penelope. Because again, she was his longtime friend. Absolutely. So we move on to the King's speech. We have a moment where Queen Charlotte meets the King and he's lucid. And... They have a pleasant interaction until it goes wrong. And at this point, it becomes too much for the queen. And so this scene, I think, is important to bring up because we finally see her interacting with her husband. Up until this point, all Queen Charlotte has ever asked about when it, when it came to her husband was, is he dead yet? Mm-hmm. And... This was a painful scene, and I thought it was well acted. I love Queen Charlotte, and yeah, I just I wanted to highlight this before we get to the main event. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> it showed it showed this? that well, it just showed the madness that we had talked about in part one when you kind of gave yes. a little bit of the background of the history. Um, again, to me, they kind of framed it as if maybe he had Alzheimer's or dementia, but yes. it, it showed again, also a more vulnerable side to Queen Charlotte, right? Because you think 
You could yes. think as a viewer, she's a little more superficial. All she cares about is gossip or being entertained or whatever, but it's hiding a deeper pain because Absolutely. she obviously is having to live through not only the uh, dissolution of her marriage, but the deterioration of her husband. Yes. And especially in that era, probably not really knowing what that means and why that's the case and all of that. And- and knowing that they, impacted her. they were technically in the story that is a love match too, yeah, right? Exactly. Even That's the way Lady Danbury talked about it in terms of, yes. you know, him choosing this black woman and all this and that, like who knows what that may have meant to Queen Charlotte at the time too, mm-hmm. as far as possibly helping to uplift the black community mm-hmm. out of whatever the situation may have been. According to this story, because this did not happen at According all. <laughs> to Shonda Rhimes' version of this reality. Christopher, let's be clear Christopher Von Dusen yeah so so yeah I mean I, I thought it was definitely important because again I always like to have a better understanding of a character and it just gives you further insight into Queen Charlotte so and I think this is also a pivotal scene because we are now in front of the Queen there is Simon the Duke of Hastings Daphne Mama Bridgerton and Lady Danbury and the Queen is like why <laughs> playing stupid okay why why do you think i canceled it and and they're just like well we're we're here to request this special license so we can get married so daphne goes according to plan she tells her a version of the story and then simon mind you has not been able to make any real contact with daphne since the proposal really and you know he's just been very disgruntled lately he interrupts her and gives the best speech of this entire series. I called it, I called it the you complete me speech of Bridgerton. Yeah, yeah, throwback, throwback. I agree. It was, especially in the moment, because you, they have not had a conversation for us even to know how he's feeling. Not in privately. Mm-mm. um so it was it was pivotal it sounded very true to me so I was like I bet he's really bearing his soul right now yes. and that whole line about friendship being the greatest foundation. I'm reading it girl I'm reading it okay I'm, sorry. I'm go, reading go ahead it. go ahead go ahead <sighs> okay so Simon informs the queen that he found her attractive but there was no romance initially and he talked about how he did not enjoy flirting or talking at all and I'm like oh my god it took me watching it the third time to realize because he's a stutterer like he just was very you know he was a man of few words you know Mm -hmm. and he said what he needed to say because he also was a brooding guy too because he needed a hug anyway he talked about how conversations with each other came easy. He said that her laughter brought him joy and that they found friendship. And to find that in a beautiful woman, that is entirely different. And he said, I want her to be my wife. Yes. Girl, I rewound that like four times the first time (laughs) I heard this. Because for me, this was the proposal that Daphne deserved. That is beautiful. Indeed. Here, here. Yes. Clink, clink. <sighs> if we were in person and we had glasses. Clink, Girl, clink. Yes. Yes. That is absolutely the proposal she deserved. It was and beautiful. He, he did take the time to s- apologize to the queen for swooping out on her when his nephew had her attention. Mm-hmm. But guess what, Ashley? She, she passed it. They have a wedding. 
Yeah. And it, can I, can I just speak to the friendship being the greatest foundation for a union part was especially my favorite because I so feel that is the most valid thing that he possibly said. And the thing that seemed to be the most, um, compelling to the queen as well. Yes. Being that having that foundation of a relationship of a marriage, whatever, I found even in my personal life to be the thing that will withstand Absolutely. time and the test of time. Yeah. Absolutely. And it was just so, it was just one of those moments. I'm like, Shonda, you wrote this or somebody wrote this and you were smiling. When Chris, you was like, Chris. Yes. 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 Message. Yes. <laughs> Message. Okay. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. But Ashley, we make it to the wedding. This was the saddest wedding I think I've seen in a very long time. <laughs> The drag because, queen said it looked worse than the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen better weddings during the pandemic. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Again, lack of eye contact, lack of communication, because apparently they're not having conversations with one another. They're both feeling some type of way and thinking that the other person hates them. <laughs> you know what I mean? But where where do you think that comes from? Because to me, that that's not very clear. Do you feel like, I can see why she might feel it when it comes to um, her making him do something that he blatantly said that he wouldn't do, right? But for him, I, I guess I don't understand his plight. So if I were in Simon's shoes, I guess I understand the idea of feeling like you're taking the one thing from someone you care about that you know they truly love and value, and that was children. So Mm. his main point was, if she marries me, I'm not going to be able to give her what her heart truly desires. If you love someone, you want them to be fulfilled, and you want them to be happy, and he felt like he was not that man to give that to her. So that's true. I, I can totally understand why he feel guilty about that. And I can also understand her perspective. And again, we're talking about, we are an omnipresence in this show. We get to see true. every perspective. Remember what it's like to be a human being on one side of relationship fence. You know what I mean? You're only seeing what you're seeing and only experiencing in that way. So I can totally understand why they both thought she must hate me. He must hate me. I've trapped him. I've trapped her. I'm not going to make him happy. I'm not going to make her happy. It, to me, felt very obvious and, and understandable. I just wish, like, can y'all just talk? Like, y'all have such good rapport. Can we not just talk? Exactly. During this wedding, this wedding was very busy, okay? During this wedding, Marina swooped in to try to, to trap Colin. Colin doesn't fall for it because he's a gentleman, literally. Okay. Yeah, he and was he was my favorite Bridgerton brother. Really? He is. I think Benedict's is. my favorite. But I have I don't no know problem I have with Benedict, a favorite. but I love Colin. I, you know what? I take that back. I, I I like Colin. I do too. Yeah. I, I like him too. Um he's y'all a gentleman. know how I feel about y'all know how I feel about Anthony, so we don't even need to go. He's there. a rake. He's <laughs> and according to that video. Rake is the, you know, 1813 form of fuck boy. So yeah, you, yes. yeah, you're a fuck boy out here. <laughs> yes. I think, I think, I think your boy, uh, Reggie Jean yes. said that specifically said, in a moi. YouTube video and yes, in a YouTube video. Yeah. He was a fuck boy. And, uh, instead of, you know, taking her up on her offer, he proposed to her at the wedding and he said that you know we're gonna this is my sister's day but we'll we'll reveal this to everyone else later um at the wedding the queen is there 
and she overhears Eloise trying to find the identity of Whistledown, and the queen takes interest. Also, Daphne is overwhelmed by the lack of communication between her and Simon, and she runs upstairs, and her mom follows and gives her the worst sex talk of all time. Ashley, this woman couldn't string two thoughts together to have this conversation. (laughs) I mean, she talked about rain and flowers and dogs in the country, and then there's puppies. Ma'am, ma'am, you have eight children. You can tell her something. You can tell that because her two oldest were, three oldest are sons, that she has absolutely never had this conversation before in her life. So true. Touche. Excellent point, Ashley. Wow. Daphne and Simon are now on their way to his, you know, dukedom, to his castle, now that the wedding's over. But she's informed on the way there that they're staying at a freaking inn on their wedding night. Ashley, I was (laughs) pissed. I was like, who wants to stay at an inn? What are we doing? I guess I didn't mind because I was like, I mean, y'all gonna y'all gonna be fucking anyway. Like that was just like, (laughs) (laughs) but does it matter? That's just what I mean. It kind of does because you. I mean, it's like uh, we can't be in our castle though. I was like, I mean, they yeah. The point point made again. Daphne is a virgin. This is gonna be her first experience, and they're supposed to be going to Clive. Then she thinks she's about to arrive to this beautiful castle like uh, house, and I understand he the heads up would have been appreciated, but I guess just in my mind, it's like. But as long as you're with your husband, do I really care where I'm gonna be? You know, I guess. But again, I'm not Daphne. (laughs) So. And so they make it to the end and it's the most awkward wedding night of all times because. This man had booked a whole other room. Booked two rooms. And then mind you, Daphne has no idea what's supposed to happen tonight, by the way. (laughs) But she at least, she knew that they at least should have shared a room. Right? Yes. And. (laughs) They're pacing back and forth and she decides to say something to him finally because it's just the two of them. And he's at her door talking about, you know, chicken is good on Wednesdays. So (laughs) are you ready to go to dinner? I'm not hungry. We need to talk. (laughs) We haven't had a conversation all day and we just got married. So again, poor communication, Ashley. And and they realize and they finally reveal to each other all the pent-up anxiety they were having he revealed that he felt like he trapped her and that he absolutely loves talking to her and she revealed the same thing about herself that she felt like he trapped him and he was and she's like why are you so frustrated and he's like because i burn for you (laughs) i wish i could see delora right now we we gonna have to start posting some videos because I can't. I can't oh my god, Ashley! <laughs> I burn for you. <laughs> and then she's like, "But I burn for you too." And Ashley, yes. I also want to say this: 
I love the music in this show, but this was my least favorite song. Mm. I was like, what is this song? And the name of the song is Strange Love. And I'm like, it sounded strange. And maybe they were trying to play up like, you know, this weird new feelings and whatever's going on because they're about to get it on. They're about to consummate this uh, marriage. I was about to say, to be honest with you, the music isn't even memorable. I don't totally remember what was playing. Wait, wait, wait. Let me tell you what I do remember. (laughs) You know, they kiss passionately, they get undressed, and he's over her in the bed, and he's like, did you touch yourself like we talked about? Show me. And I was like, Girl. Can I say that? Can I say that gasp that Daphne had when Simon dropped his pants? Girl. <laughs> you know, y'all know she had never seen nothing like that. That in one her eyed life before. In so, her life. So, like, why is it different colors? I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Delore. Shut up. <laughs> y'all. She ain't even drinking over there, I don't think. She cutting up today. She cutting up today, y'all. But Ashley, the most important thing about this episode before we move on to episode six is the fact that we realized that Simon claimed that he could never have children. You realize, oh, no, that's, uh, that's an option for him. He's full of shit. The pullout move was real. Girl, I was like, this is fuckboy uh, mm. level yeah, action. Yeah, yeah. yeah. OMG. What? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. For anyone who is, I wouldn't even say sexually experienced, if you even probably have Google at this point and have seen some things, you know that man was pulling the pullout move so that he cannot get his now wife pregnant so yes it definitely is an audience Daphne had no idea because she was not that aware was point. of how babies are made completely oblivious but as the audience what he absolutely. was doing yeah as the audience is like oh that man lied to you <sighs> episode six swoosh still it hurt on her honeymoon, Daphne discovers just how uninformed she is about the physical aspects of the marital bed. Colin comes to a decision about Marina. All right, so I'm going to start off by saying, welcome home. You know, Daphne is in her new, her new uh, palace with her duke. It looks like some straight beauty and the beast mansion shit gorgeous gorgeous mansion and what's interesting is that the lady miss colson she had the nerve to say i want to give you tours and lunch i'm like ma'am do you realize they're on their honeymoon (laughs) can you leave us alone please (laughs) and back at home at the tawn colin makes his engagement announcement and Mama Bridgerton and Antony are not happy about it. Uh, it's actually quite interesting because Antony goes as far as saying, I should have taken you to brothels when you came back from service. What? This is what comes of not sowing your wild oats. But Colin is older than Daphne. He is. 
he is again a b c d (laughs) the societal double standards girl exactly the perfect duchess so miss colson takes daphne on a tour of her new palace and she's not impressed with daphne she's given a lot of side (laughs) eye Daphne is able to walk by a gorgeous portrait of Simon's mother and Miss Colson informed her that she was the perfect duchess in every way. And shade. She was throwing some shade. Lots of shade and Daphne was not picking up any of it. Okay. I, I don't remember if I said this last uh, uh, show, but Daphne and Simon, the way that they behaved, especially on this tour and things like that, they reminded me of like modern royals in terms of mm. wanting to do for themselves, yes. being more autonomous, breaking from tradition. You know what I mean? I enjoyed yes. that aspect of like, we're coming in fresh and new. You're going to have to understand that we're going to do things a little different. Exactly. And that includes having sex in the library in daylight. <laughs> because actually in this episode... <clears throat> There's a lot of sex. It's so much sex that there's a sex montage in this episode. And you know what? I'm going to do you a favor and tell you about some production facts about this time. Okay. So I saw recently on Access Hollywood that Reggae Jean and Phoebe, Phoebe, they actively talk about this sex coordinator. Um, and so they talked about how they felt like they were very safe and well communicated about um, everything that they were uh, doing <clears throat> in terms of these scenes because they're, they are a lot of scenes. Yeah. And uh, the sex coordinator talked about how that library scene in particular was the very first thing that Reggae and uh, Phoebe shot together on screen sheesh they went hard in the paint day one scene (laughs) one okay let me just guide your head down (laughs) talk about getting to know you you. into position (laughs) my god she talked about how the palace um where they stayed for their honeymoon was a real palace it was Mm -hmm. um there were real um beds and wallpaper and so she had to be mindful of her choreography for these sex scenes to make sure the beds aren't shaking so much and scraping across the real wallpaper that's been there for centuries at this point so wow because their sex life was still quite active i mean very active ashley it was it was good And uh, (laughs) during one of their more pivotal scenes uh, at the end of this montage with Taylor Swift, Wildest Dreams playing um, on the strings, he has his pinnacle. And uh, she she asked him if he hurts and if he's okay. Again, proving how (laughs) ignorant she is about this whole situation. So. Poor thing. Back at the ton, Penelope is starting to just lash out. She is just looking, she's she's just feeling really cornered now now knowing about the engagement. And one of the lines that she says during this moment that I want to highlight is that I would never bring scandal upon my family. I'll just leave that there because Mm -hmm. we're going to pick that back up later. Eloise is actively brainstorming who exactly Lady Whistledown is. 
and um, Marina calls out Madame Delacroix for being a phony. I thought that was quite interesting. It was one of those times that I felt that bonded her with Lady Featherington because it always seemed like Lady Featherington saw her as like a bothersome presence in her house. Like arm's length. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, look, I can be useful. I have to, yeah. Like, have to resolve. I am useful because I speak, because my mother was French and I can speak French. Look at what just happened. I now have secured something that you were not able to secure for yourself. So I saw it as a bond. You can't pay your bills. Exactly. (laughs) Bills, bills, bills. Back at the Duke's land, um, we find out that the previous steward of the land wasn't doing their job and um, they go among the people there's a pig competition Daphne is new to the town so she goes and puts her two cents on the race and um, this crying child comes running up to Daphne and she consoles them she's a natural and (laughs) at this point they talk about their life without children and he tells her that she's going to be a splendid aunt and I was really perturbed, extremely <laughs> perturbed at that moment. All right. So keeping up with the Bridgertons, the Featheringtons go over to uh, the Bridgertons for dinner to celebrate this new engagement. And this is where the swish comes in uh, because Lady Featherington wanted to make sure Marina is showing. So Penelope, again, <laughs> back against the wall, tells Colin that Marina has a whole entire soldier boo Mm -hmm. and that, you know, this isn't a good idea. And he's like, that's fine. She, she loved before me and it didn't sway him not one bit. Mm -hmm. And um, both Colin and Marina create a plan to run away because they just want to be together. All right. Back at the, at the Hastings house, Daphne is just not a perfect duchess she keeps doing the wrong things um miss colson keeps telling her about it she gets a little bit more insight on simon and his family and that uh his dad was was not the best (laughs) that her mom was awesome and then she made a comment about the mechanics of of making babies that really piqued daphne's interests there must be a way out penelope is now scrambling to find something to prevent Colin and Marina from getting married. So she snoops in Marina's room and finds all the old letters that George sent her. And she found out that that last letter, when he broke it off, was indeed a forge, a forgery Mm -hmm. from her mother. And Marina's not phased. She said, I love Colin and this is the best thing I can do for my child. And Penelope is not understanding and Marina gives her the best read. I felt like of this whole series, she told her, you know what? I love Colin. And if I am the executioner of your childish fantasy, so be it. Mm-hmm. Your love is an unrequited fantasy and Colin sees you just as you are like his sister. He sees me as a woman, a wife, and as a woman, I have, the, I have to make difficult decisions even if it hurts your feelings. Yeah. 
bitch. No, just <laughs> uh, no, but for real though, that was probably exactly what she was thinking. Like, ma'am, let me just sit you down real quick. Let me tell you how this real life works. Because again, I feel like maturity level, she felt that Penelope was so childish. Yes. And again, the way she was going about things. And then again, Marina is one of the few women in the show at her age who knows more about life. life and love and sex and all these things so in her mind it's like I have to I have to talk to you in such a way because you don't understand where I'm coming from you don't understand the obligations that I have you don't understand that I have to take care of myself and this child and again that's why I extend grace to Marina but you still wrong but okay I did I, I this scene that read yes it was epic <laughs> yes back to S and D, that's how I referred <laughs> to them in my notes. They have sex again this time on Simon's desk, and this time really shocked Daphne so much so that she goes to her her maid Rose to give her the real four one one. They have the most epic girlfriend talk of all time. She went okay. to the maid's quarters. She went she's to the like, she barreled through the maid's quarters to find Rose. Because she needed to know the facts. And sometimes you need to you need to go where you need to go to get the facts, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she finds out, and this is just utterly upsetting to Daphne. But what does she do? What she does is she doesn't say anything to Simon. She waits to have another encounter with her husband. And she goes on top. So at first I was like, okay, Rose told her about a new move. Okay, I'm here for it. Well, she proceeds to do this move and take control. And when he wants to stop, he starts to stutter, Ashley. He's like, what's going on? Stop. If y'all she, can see me, guys, I'm covering my face because I'm I'm preparing. Go ahead. She rapes him, Ashley. I don't know how. Whoa, I don't know how. Whoa, this is a rape. Whoa. He wanted whoa, her off. Whoa. Wow. Ashley. Whoa. Whoa. Ashley, you can be butt booty naked when you say no. Stop. The person needs to respect you. Did he actually say no? Stop. Did he say those words? He said, wait, 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 Daphne. And then... He said, wait, that's not no stop. That's not... (laughs) So I will give you a caveat and say, according to the books, it was a full-on rape, by the way. Oh, my God! I mean, obviously, they don't really... You're not used to hearing about females raping men right for sure but it is something that happens in the book and it's extremely scandalous and apparently this was very carefully crafted for the series okay she takes advantage of him so let's be clear the way that it is depicted in the show i did not see it as a rape did i see it as her taking advantage of him in a vulnerable moment Yes, she absolutely knew what she was doing. You could call it the equivalent of the very, leg lock. You could very call it, intentional. We could call it the equivalent of the leg lock. Fellas, you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but I rate, at least for the way that it was depicted in the show, I've not read up on how the books depicted it. Sounds harsh. I did not in this moment feel that Daphne 
raped her husband. What I felt was obviously she absolutely went into that moment with the intention. Yes, her intentions were clear. Taking control so that she could establish whether or not her theories and what she had heard from Rose were accurate, which was that he had intentionally been pulling out out so that he could not get her pregnant. Absolutely. Again, leg lock move for sure. And after she was done... Okay, go ahead. I was just going to say, but... Are, were you, are you saying rape as in you felt Daphne was wrong? As in you were upset with this scene when you saw it? Give, give me a little more context of your feelings around this. So I feel like it was rape because he, you knew that he pulled out every time. You knew it. So when he was, granted, yes, he did not say stop in this context. Okay, I will give you that. But she knew exactly what she was doing. He said, she wait. Did. He didn't throw her off, which he could have done too. He could have. Um, but the way she, she was so angry when she, when they finished that it was just very gross to me. And don't get me wrong, what he was doing. The look on her face was masterful. It was like a, ah, got your ass. Look, for sure. And mind you, that position that she was doing in the bed with her legs up is a very common thing that women do when they want to get pregnant, by the way. Again, it's the equivalent of a leg lock. I don't know how familiar some people are, but some women, when they know a man is about to come, they will lock their legs, especially if if it is the missionary position. They will lock their legs so that the man cannot pull out of them. So that is legitimate. That's why I was saying leg lock. I don't know if a lot of, I feel like more guys probably know what I'm talking about, maybe even women, but that is legitimate. But again, this is what, what bothered me about this scene. The reason why, especially that the way it was depicted, I can't call it a rape is because if that's the case, then how, how can you, how can you call it or how can you feel that Daphne was so wrong when Simon went into the scenario taking advantage of her ignorance no i agree wait 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 i i don't want you to think that i don't see any fault fault in him either that's why i was asking for context like give me some context around how you're this is a fucked up foundation to have a marriage (laughs) it is not ideal not because I don't believe in marital rape. I think marital rape is a legitimate thing. You can rape your spouse. Absolutely. But Absolutely. At the you end, can. At the end, I wanted to I wanted to say what he was saying, stuttering his way through. What 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 did you do? How could you? And oh, okay. And he's like, What did you do? And she, and then she goes on to say, How could how you, you lie to me? You took advantage yes. of me. You and but to me. I was like, this is this is not okay. This whole communication right now is just very dangerous, <laughs> very unhealthy, because she felt there was a level of self-righteousness in that, that I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, we need to pump a brakes. We need to take a time out or something because your message isn't getting through to him and vice versa. Man, I hate to be team Daphne on this, but I'm team Daphne on this situation. Girl. Because especially given the era he called her i was willing to die i was willing to die for you and i thought so was i and so was i as daphne because i didn't ran up in the middle of a a, a fucking shootout so i could try to get save you what are you talking about like that's what but i'm sorry y'all i'm getting excited because i'm drinking a little bit she also said you do not trick the one you love you do not lie to them that is not love that is not true i mean she made valid points 
it's just was very oh it's so ugly but this is why this is drama this is the mess exactly that we love, right do mess. i think daphne handled this the best no but do i think she handled it the best way she knew how yes I will say that you're talking about a woman who was living in 1813. She was born and bred to be a wife. She thought she had found her husband. She finds out this husband took advantage of her and lied to her. Her she ignorance. That's that the worst theory. thing. Like you don't know what you don't know, you know? Exactly. So that's just what I'm saying. Like, yes. again, did she handle it the best way? Hopefully in real life, somebody would have a conversation and not just, you know, try to hop on top and let me see what happens. But... <laughs> Okay, and one of the best lines, Miss Lady uh, Whistledown had some of the best lines. She's like, the one we love have the power to inflict the greatest scars. Mm. And the reason I why- I like Bob Marley said something like that too, in a quote. A, possibly. Bob Marley fans, y'all may know better than me. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> and in this same publication, Lady Whistledown blows the freaking whistle on Colin and Morena, specifically her being pregnant and him not being her baby daddy. That was this awfully is, specific, awfully this personal. Is, this is when I felt only one person could be Lady Whistledown. Period. Yeah. Period. And then the way the episode ended, can the ends ever justify such wretched means? Mm. That was multiple scenarios, huh? Girl, girl. <laughs> Episode seven, Oceans Apart. Amid accusations of lies and betrayal, a rift forms between the newlyweds, while a deception of another kind can besmirch the Bridgerton family's name. All right, Ashley, the honeymoon is over. <laughs> that bed grew real cold. Is like, whose side are you on? Uh, you're Daphne. You're, you're Daphne's side. I'm team Daphne. Point. Yep, okay. I'm team Daphne, for I'm, sure. I'm team neither. I, I'm, okay. I'm team okay. healthy relationships, healthy forms of co communication. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the team I'm on, and they're on neither side on, on, on this, at this point. Yeah. In the midst of her moving her things out of his room, <laughs> because, again, the honeymoon is over, Simon is extremely insistent that he keeps an eye on Daphne to see if she's with child because at this point he's like, I'm going to do my duty as your husband. However, and I would do my duty as a, as the father of this child. But if you are not pregnant, we are done. We're just married in name alone. In the midst of all of this drama, Daphne gets wind of the drama that is going on at the town with her brother and Marina. Lady Featherington is desperate at this point. She wants to wash Marina from her hands. She goes as far as trying to take her to a freaking nunnery. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they, they didn't explicitly say a nunnery, but it was a place of charity. And they were like, where's those charitable dollars, ma'am? And of course, <laughs> they didn't have any. So she had to right. move on to the next thing. Bridgerton in crisis the family joins together like the avengers to figure out how to resolve <laughs> like the avengers <laughs> this issue because this is scandal on their name this could affect the marriage um of all the younger bridgertons you know what i mean and so they all come together trying to 
um, find the best course of action. Uh, Daphne comes in and she says that her and the Duke can, can provide a diversion by being in town because everybody wants to know what they're doing because they are the, the it couple of the town. Um, but, but I asked myself, and I want to ask you, was this truly needed for them to come to the rescue or was it just an excuse for Daphne because her marriage is now in shambles? I think it's both because I, I really, I, I didn't take the time to try to brainstorm any other solution that could have worked without them. But I do think their star power was strong enough to their get people. Star power. I mean, they were, I mean, they the J and Bay. Okay. So <laughs> of the ton. Okay. You want to know what's going on. Okay. Got it. <laughs> um so Daphne is trying to console Colin for dodging a bullet and Colin calls her out on her bitterness it's like chick you just got married and you out here feeling some kind of way about everything yeah <laughs> and it's and in order to smooth um, smooth out those tensions she agreed to chaperone a visit with Marina because all he wants to do at this point is to talk to her and have a true conversation because I don't think he knew whether or not it was true or not at this no, point. No, he didn't. He didn't. And that's again speaks to Colin's character that he's like, even though these salacious rumors are out here, I still want to speak to her because in my heart I still love her and I want I need closure. I need to have a better understanding. He didn't just believe what Whistledown was saying. Love Colin. Appreciate you. So the Duke goes boxing and uh, he comes home really late and Daphne peeks out her bedroom at their London home and, or not London, but you know, the Tawn. And she's questioning where you, where you been at? Like who you been with? And he's like, how dare you question my honor? We've only been married for a week. <laughs> three, three. It's only oh, been three weeks. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so. I think I'm have, already out here slaying some pussy. She I'm said that your, repu- your reputation, sir, preceded you. Okay. Sorry for anybody who gets offended by that word. Oh. To Emily in Paris for my feelings <laughs> on that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. And so they have this back and forth and she suggests that they have nothing left in their marriage. And he looks at her like, oh, we don't? Yeah. We don't? And then I just put stairwell. Okay. I don't know what base this is. I don't know bases. I, I call it maybe the fourth base, but she wanted a home run. And he was like, nah, we ain't doing that because I don't trust you no more. He, You saw the trauma in his eyes when she was like, let's go to your bedroom. It depends, guys, on what you consider to be going all the way. That was Ooh, a home run for touche. somebody. Oh, um, true. Daphne in particular. But yes, obviously what had already happened, They, as she says at the end of that scene, they had lost the trust. She no longer trusted him. He no longer trusted her because of what yes. had happened. But as an audience member, it was a dagger to the heart for me because Girl. it gave me a glimmer of hope of like, oh, y'all are about to maybe try to work this out and figure this out. Can we talk about the acting, the acting of Ray, reggae, uh, Jean and Phoebe? They are amazing actors. The way they acted with their eyes alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he, you saw the pain in his eyes when she said, is there nothing else? And he was like, I think we got something here because let me uh let let let, let keep up your head to your toes. <laughs> <head out. laughs> Move from the bed down to the down to the, to the, the floor. floor. And I wanna uh, 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 
<laughs> make it so good. I don't want to leave. And I got to no, 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 no. What's your thing to you say? <laughs> okay. It but then, as soon as, as soon as, as soon as she said, let's go to your bedroom, his, the pain, the pain yeah. that flashed across his face. And again, let me clarify, when I say I'm Team Daphne, that does not mean that I do not sympathize with Simon whatsoever. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, in terms of the situation they found themselves in, it's not like I didn't find Simon to be culpable in that. That's what I mean. It's like, I felt that the dissolution of their marriage, especially at this moment, was painful for both of them. But I felt like when it came to Daphne, it was as if like you tricked me initially like yeah Simon may feel like she he, she tricked him in that moment in the bedroom yeah but sir you've been lying to me since you that moment out, yeah yes, since that moment it. out during the duel you've been lying to me you said never not I don't wanna two different things mm-hmm. two different things absolutely the cruelest deception so but, it, com- but is it valid to say that as an audience we were all still rooting for them we're all like no this isn't the end Oh, absolutely. This is, I did not enjoy these episodes. I hate to say, I actually enjoyed the first four episodes more because I, again, we've had this conversation in the past, the anticipation, the, or do you like me? Do you really like me? Before you even get to your first kiss, it's like that buildup I loved. Once they finally got together, they had such an unhealthy relationship (laughs) that I did not get a chance to enjoy it. It was painful. It was, it was painful. painful. It was painful. Absolutely. Ex- exactly. And it felt like both of them, both of them were so ill-equipped to get into the union that they were getting into, even more so than we yes. originally thought. Yes. And that's an unfortunate part of it too, was like, I feel like nobody prepared them for what they were getting into. And exactly. the struggle was real. The struggle was very real. Wow. Okay. The cruelest deception. Colin and Marina finally get a chance to talk Oof. about the things that were said per lady whistledown she i love i again i still love her agency because she's like i didn't come here to be uh pooped on or, or to be shamed by you and she's like say what you need to say sir and he did he said i loved you so much i would have fathered your child girl if you had just been honest with me, it was what Colin said. If you had just been honest with me, I would have still married you and been with you anyway, because that's how much I thought I loved you. I I wrote down, broke my heart. Because again, I yes. love Colin. I love the sincerity with which he goes through life, as far as I've seen the from the show. Yes. Yeah, and it's like, again, of all the people to be trying to trick, he was so sincere and so, um, you know, and it just I can't I don't even have the words for it he was such a good man that's what yes. bothered me so much about this scene yes. like of all the guys that potentially fuck over Colin really 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 cared so it just made me sad for both of them because at the same time obviously again Marina in the era she's in had being pregnant I also was like what are we gonna do with you babe I don't know what we're gonna do with you yes exactly the Queen's Luncheon, the it couple of the ton have arrived and they have changed the conversation. Everyone's interested in what they're doing. More uh, in particular, they're interested in 
when they're going to be having these babies. And that mm-hmm. is obviously a source, a source spot for the couple, but because they're good at ruses, they play along very well. At the Queen's Luncheon, Lady Danbury is there, and she invites Daphne to a ladies' soiree. Apparently, this is where the married women of the time have a night out, just because they can. (laughs) The Featheringtons are officially disgraced. Lady Featherington had the audacity to throw Marina under the bus and says she had no idea, and uh, Mama Bridgerton was not having it at at all at all and um uh eloise is not impressed with lady lady whistledown for what she did to her best friend's family and penelope mentioned she's like i thought you were lady whistledown's biggest admirer and she was like no no when you throwing my friends throwing dirt on my friends names mm-hmm. <laughs> The Southern get kicked out of this whole soiree. They get kicked out, Ashley. Uh, Daphne has a moment with her mom, and she pretty much says, how dare you, mom? And honestly, she had a great line that I, I enjoyed. She talked about, you know, you, you raised me to pretend, but you didn't even teach me about the mechanics of a marriage. It you was like... nothing, boo. Excuse me, nothing. She's like, you did not prepare me for the real world. That mm-hmm. that was that was tough. Mm-hmm. But it was and honest and it was real, very, and I appreciated it as much as I. Let's. I do really enjoy uh, Lady Bridgerton, the the head of the house of the Bridgerton house. So I do I too. She's she a sweet lady. So sincere. Yes. But absolutely, sometimes you need to have these heart to hearts with your mother about reality. Mm-hmm. And mom, you did not prepare me to be married to this mom. Okay. Period. Period. And I'm suffering the consequences. Right. She can't look her husband in the freaking eye. <laughs> also, and she missing that D. Let's be clear. You know she missing the D right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Daphne, being the woman of the world now, since she's had that D, she offers to help <laughs> Marina. She's pretty much saying, girl, I see you. Let me, you know, let's figure some things out. I I put in my notes on this scene. It's a way for her to find some power in her own situation. Mm. Because she's feeling quite powerless. She is, but guess what she got, though? She got that title. She do. she's willing to use it. So... And she got um, that mouth because Daphne know how to talk. So she does. She does. And then we have a quick scene where Lord Featherington learns about Will's expedition. And he has the audacity to show up to Will's house and be like, and, and come up with a, a dark scheme for fast money. What is the true price of honor, Ashley? This scene, I hated so much it was so triggering for me the fact that featherington throws out information about will's family trying to use that to manipulate him like it just it was so upsetting on like a very visceral level for me and i think it's especially because of the racial dynamics yeah bothered me so deeply one thing about quote-unquote colorblind casting you still 
have to factor that in sometimes with how people are because i've actually heard some critiques of the show that you know where the dark skin people right um and then why isn't a black woman being loved in this show and i I, I mean will's wife yes exactly exactly but she's not uh you know a Hershey's kiss, so to speak, or whatever. Ah, uh, understood. Are wondering, you know, why where... was there not a brown skinned black woman? Exactly. That Someone like a Lady, Lady Danbury. Exactly. Because you don't like hear that. anything about Lady Danbury's love. She's life, a widow. Yes. I'm hoping they can delve more into in season two, by she the way. She can have a side piece, a servant. She can have or all something. sorts of things. She is fierce. She can and, have all sorts of things. And I know she knows her body and what she likes. And At that is empowering girl, to see just as well. She probably at her sexual peak. Let's be clear. Touche. This is what happens with two girlfriends talk, okay? Yes. But again, <laughs> to answer your question, this scene bothered me on a very deep level. It's probably my least favorite scene in the entire series. And I found it very upsetting. I hear you. I agree. I agree. Well, at the ladies' soiree, Daphne is making splash which you know again her mom did prepare her for her high society life of course Mm -hmm. and she meets Kitty who's the general's wife and she pretty much asked her if she could reach out to her husband because she's looking for a soldier (laughs) a soldier I had to do it (laughs) I had to do it Simon is at the gentleman club and he sees Anthony and they have a back and forth. Like their friendship is still on the men since the duel thing. And um, Simon's obviously not happy because his marriage with Daphne is in flames. And yeah. Anthony knows his sister and he's like, you're the one that F this up. So yes, what, <laughs> he was so good? real. <laughs> Anthony was so real. My sister would not have fucked this up like this. Like, what has happened? He's like, as severely. And then they, <laughs> they take shots at each other. Simon has the audacity to say, your father, you were barely around your father, so you don't even know what it looks like to manage a household. And Simon's like, well, you make it look awfully difficult. I wonder what your daddy <laughs> would have to say about it if he were here today. Girl. Yo, this scene was so real to me because I'm like, those are the cuts that only your best best friends best can hit friend. you with. Low, below the belt. Below Yo. the belt. <laughs> and I, I wrote down though, what exactly was the point? <laughs> Why did y'all go so hard? Because they're talking about each other's daddies. And Jeez. Because they haven't, they don't have therapy in 18. <laughs> exactly. They obviously exactly. resort to throwing those hands. Okay. <laughs> Simon got cuts of glass in his face. Come on, you ain't got to fuck with the face of all the things. The face. Don't girl. mess with Simon's face. But again, because they are emotionally effed up, he got a kick out of it at the end. Oh, yeah, he was smirking. So. Um, but but to me that was equivalent of like I'm in emotional pain so I want to also be in physical pain you yes, know what I mean like somebody yes. who cuts themselves that's the only outlet I mean he boxes obviously that's why he you know T- tell the truth full tell the circle. truth full you, circle a lie don't ever be spoken from you does it <laughs> <laughs> God bless you friend God bless you so Daphne helps Simon um, at home with his busted eye 
and you know she's had a good time so she's a little tipsy okay and (laughs) again she brings up taking care of her siblings and she brings up a child would be a blessing and i'm like girl this is this is not the time nor the place okay (laughs) and then i actually this is my real question here okay okay what are there signs because they are some of the stubborn people <laughs> they both, they're both tourists the bulls no offense Girl. mom no offense mom uh yeah i so i think though i i appreciated the this conversation just because of what we got from it which was yes he, him finally telling daphne the truth right Go finally ahead. yes yeah he yeah. told her about his vow that he gave to his dying father mm-hmm. and she still can't understand why she would why he would choose a revenge vow over the vow of love that he made to her and but yeah like i mentioned it from the first episode you know when he made that vow men at that time word was your bond word was everything and he was very resolute in that Mm -hmm. and so but i do understand her uh because she's like you choose revenge over love and you and he's like i can't break it and she's like well you betrayed me and our marriage bed yeah and he's like it cannot be undone (laughs) so which vow did he break exactly and then in this episode she writes to the general and Lady uh, Whistledown writes about the goings-on of the town, but she did not bring up the Queen's luncheon, and the Queen feels snubbed. Because, again, there's one person who I know to be Whistledown, so it makes complete sense. Because somebody wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there was the opera, Ashley, where the Queen dismissed Eloise and her theories of Lady Whistledown because she got her own people which to me wouldn't you have gotten your own people from to begin with and not depend about depend on a teenager girl from a, a likable well, family i feel like what happened was if she was only mildly thrilled or excited about the possibility of uncovering whistle down until she felt was now snubbed her once she felt was now snubbed her by not yeah. speaking about her lunch and she said oh no nah, it's balls to the wall now i'm about to find this bitch and i'm about to put her to rip r.i.p to lady whistle down <laughs> is what the queen had in her you already saw how hard she went against uh the marriage of simon and daphne for a minute i mean yes. she was about to Denying say this is not happening request and everything That's the way that true. she moves the way that she moves is evident that she does not suffer a fool she's not gonna play with you if you cross she does her not have time no, no time. If you cross her we got a problem so i Very think that's true. why she took it to the next level um really quick daphne did inform marina that she wrote to the general but she only put her name on it and marina's like do you not know anything about the world girl why didn't you put your husband's name on that letter too yeah and because of that hopelessness she made herself a tea in order to get rid of her pregnancy well if i'm honest when i saw this in this scene i thought she was trying to kill herself that's what i thought she was trying to do yes i i but i mean still the same Gold, for sure for sure for sh- absolutely but when i first saw this i was like oh she's trying to kill herself that's the level she's been pushed to now she wants to die yeah that's what i was saying i was like that's so unfortunate 
Because mm-hmm. again, it speaks to her limited options in her Absolutely. mind and her desperation. And speaking of babies, Daphne herself is not pregnant. The pain, usually, not usually, sometimes it's the opposite where women are sad when that period does not come, yes. such as Marina. Yes. So Daphne's pain to get her period was palpable. Yes. Palpable. And now scene. here's my question. Do you think he heard her from the bathroom? I don't think he heard her, but I think supposedly their connection was that he felt it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I think like sometimes she was gone too long, so something must have happened. Well, not even just that. You know how they say like certain people have a such a connection that you can feel things when the other person feels things. Not necessarily yes. like twins or anything like that. It's but like I just intuitive. Mean, like, I yeah, it. I think it was supposed to be more intuition of like he felt that pain. He felt that she was somehow in pain. So you see the pain on his face or the discomfort in his face to end that in that episode. So oh. that's how I saw it. That's how I took it. The director definitely wanted you to feel it because they ended the show with her crying in her mom's arms. Oh, it was it was it was intense. I felt so, I felt the pain. I was like, that is so sad. Yeah, she thinks this is the only chance she's gonna have to have a baby because Simon only. basically told her, "Honey, you know what? If you're pregnant, cool. I'm gonna figure it out. But if you're not, we go in our separate ways." Right. And at this point, she doesn't feel like there's any option. And starting episode eight, after the rain, the Duke and Duchess season ending ball signals a turning point for their marriage and ushers in changes of fortune and fate to those around them. Ashley, even though they had agreed that if she is not pregnant, they will, they will only be married uh, on paper, but he will not darken her doorstep anymore, and they will be oceans apart. In their portrait painting, the great artist Gainesville felt the tension when they when he was painting. He was like, this isn't working. He's like, I need for you to at least put your hand, your hand on her shoulder. I guess that that uh that energy did something because they looked into each other's eyes and the artist himself said this is a true love's match yeah he said the picture of devotion beautiful it was still there the love never died it never died it was just their poor communication that was messing everything up daphne is talking to her mom about um how her and simon are going her their separate ways her mom is really trying to talk her out of it like honey there are things that go goes on in marriage you just gotta let time or communication work its way out they bump into the featheringtons mama bridgerton is still not having it with uh lady featherington but you know lady featherington um indirectly asked daphne can she come to the ball because her daughters were distraught and of course daphne (laughs) as a way to spite her mother invited lady bridgerton by saying oh "Oh, is that how you took it i did i did because she was trying to teach her a lesson with like sometimes some people have to come around or this any other and she's like well you could come around with the featheringtons with how Mm, they did your son mm, mm, that's a good point that's a good point Mm -hmm. yeah and um there's a guest at the featherington house and it's mr crane and 
as the as an audience member you're like is this sir george marina's great love and unfortunately it's not ashley no it's his brother it's his brother he informed philip he informed her and the featheringtons that he died in war so sad and that he didn't i'm gonna go ahead and talk about her he didn't reject her he actually loved her and and again she she's such a great actress as well she was like he (laughs) he really loved me he really really loved me and that was such a beautiful thing but i was so happy that daphne letter was not done in vain Right, because this is all thanks to Daphne having reached out. Otherwise, he would have never known that this situation was going on or that Marina even existed. Exactly. Uh, Eloise confronts Madame Delacroix because she suspects that she's little Lady Whistledown. And their interaction was kind of secondhand embarrassing for me because I'm just (laughs) like, what if this woman is not her? And she's looking like a straight fool. <laughs> she was not my guest at this point. So I definitely at this moment that Eloise is barking up the wrong tree. Yes. But that lady really took her time in that conversation. So because she had her. her she had her own motives, which was Benedict is hiding in the back. In the back. Exactly. Yeah. Getting a swerve on. I think Daphne's conversation with her mom did something for her because she started actually asking questions about her husband. <laughs> One important question being, what did your father do? Mm-hmm. And of course, meaning what did her fa- what did his father do that would make him make such a an awful vow, right? And of course, he doesn't want to answer that question. In the series, we go to the boxing expedition, and Lord Featherington makes a wager against Will. He thinks he's going, oh, I'm sorry, against Will, because he he wants the other guy to win, and he makes a deal with some really shady men. Ashley, uh, yeah, and Ant, or Antony <laughs> meets up with his opera boo. They reconnect, mm-hmm. even though she's there with a whole entire man. Yep. She had left town and comes back with a new boo. Mm. So back at the Featherington's house, Mr. Crane proposes to Marina because he, he knows that she is with child and he wants to honor his brother to make sure that the woman that he loved and his child made out of love is taken care of. She turns him down. She figures, no baby. No problem. No no rush to get married. Man, she didn't know anything about this man she married. And I'm talking about Daphne because she finds the letters, the unread letters that Simon wrote to his father. And she's able to gain some insight of a pain of, of such a young, young man to be yeah. completely rejected by your father because you're because of your quote unquote impediment. Mm-hmm. And luckily, who walks through the door? Lady Danbury, who provides even more color to Daphne on the old Dukes being so demanding about perfection and how the Duke was so proud of his progress, but he was never 
never lived up to his father's vision. And, and she was very adamant by saying, Simon's triumph is his and his alone. And it had to be. And I, and I think that was a signal to Daphne that says, you know, he's going to have to make up his own mind. And this is true for real life relationships as well, especially with men. They got to make up their own mind. You can't, that's what's unhealthy about these stories too, really quick. Romance stories written by women for women. Okay. <laughs> Hence the, you complete me speeches throughout this whole, <laughs> this whole series. Okay. But Jerry Maguire, for anyone who is not aware of what she is referencing, (laughs) Jerry Maguire. But it's always this brooding, damaged man, truly successful, and you're some meat girl, but then you meet, you connect, and then he he softens his heart and opens up with vulnerability, and you find your voice. It's, It's the same story over and over and over again this is a conversation that we don't have time to delve too deeply into i know yes it does yes for all the women out there that you know we get wrapped into the disney fairy tales and into the you can change a man storylines yes it is unhealthy very unhealthy and one of the things i felt to mention about the boxing expedition will loses he throws he, the fight. He throws the fight. Simon confronts Will about his performance. And Will essentially tells him that you're misdirecting your anger, sir. But he also tells him, you don't understand that my honor is less important to me than my family. Hmm. I did this for a reason. I felt that was profound especially Mm -hmm. in his relationship with Simon because of Simon's stance on not having children. You don't understand the responsibilities that I bear. That's, that's a good point, Ashley. After uh, Will's loss, Lord Featherington goes home to Lady Featherington and show her all the money. They are back in business. They can buy those brand new dresses for the Hastings ball. Mm. So one of the things that I also noticed about Daphne after reading those unread letters um, from Simon to his father, her tone towards him was much softer. She invites him to come, come over to her family's home because Francesca is coming, is back home from the summer retreat or whatever from playing the piano. He's really great with the kids. <laughs> um, not surprising. And then Benedict tells Anthony that he has a relationship with Maldis and Anthony takes it without breaking a sweat. So that'll be more interesting going into season two. All right. Daphne does the thing that annoys me the most. Again, we're at the Hastings ball. She tells Simon that he did a great job with her siblings. And she said, you did so well. We could have a baby too. And I'm like, girl, no, just leave him alone <laughs> with this baby stuff. They have a glimmer of hope because their banter is back and they discuss how many dances they're going to dance at their own ball now as host and hostess. Uh, Lord Featherington, really quick, shows up at a brothel and 
he's there and he's greeted by the two shady men that he met at the the boxing expedition and this mm-hmm. is really important because they have poison in hand thought that was very interesting so at the ball um speaking of featheringtons penelope is ready to declare her love to colin finally and they have a moment where they go you you go first no you go first so he goes first and tells her that he's going to travel the world because in her efforts to get get him off of marina she's like didn't you want to see the world didn't you want to do so much more why get married now and she was going to tell him how she felt and that didn't happen she just let him go i i think if she was mature enough she should have just told him right then and there because who's to say she was going to have another opportunity to do so yeah it's also i mean yeah it's also difficult in that moment possibly for her because she may have also been thinking well if i tell him now maybe i'm holding him back from something but yeah absolutely from her perspective seize the moment yes the queen is no longer in need of eloise help to finding lord was um lady whistledown uh she has uh she doesn't even request she's not even able to get an audience with queen i think at at this point anymore and it's her right hand man that tells her all the 411 that they were going to catch the lady that very night and eloise is panicked and she runs to that exact location to warn lady whistledown well she was able to she was able to save the lady whistled down for being exposed, but she herself did not see her. So that's important to um, note. Anthony and the opera singer, um, she essentially told him, boy, bye. I'm tired of your mess. This guy is more reliable than you have ever been. And it's time for you to move on. Finally. I loved this scene in particular because the Anthony Sienna back and forth bothered me she said you are lost and i cannot allow you to set me adrift as well you need to let me go wow his it was almost like an obsession with her kind of like knowing that he could never have her but he still wanted her and that was just so selfish yeah it was unfair and i agree with her when she said like no one else is ever going to look out for me but me i'm aware of this and i need to do what is in my best interest i have a man who loves me or at least cares about me for exactly who i am and that's what i need so please leave i'm over it back at the hastings ball uh lady Dunbar- danbury approaches simon and tells him that she knows his plan of leaving daphne and he's like, how do you know these things? And she was like, I know all. <laughs> uh, the Duke and Daphne finally dance together. And then it starts to rain. And, you know, it's very sweet because he apologizes to her and say, you know, I'm so sorry for the rain. And she's like, why? You can't control that. And Ashley, she has her you complete me speech to Simon. Now, Just I have because to... something is not perfect <sighs> doesn't make it any less worthy of love. I am tired of pretending and I cannot continue acting as if I do not love you. Mm. 
even the parts that you believe are too dark or too shameful, every scar, every flaw, Mm. every imperfection. They can write a show, can't they? They can write a show. Just let that breathe. (laughs) I am. And you know what I loved most about this interaction, Ashley, is that he didn't say anything. He just took it. And I thought that was important. It's, it's okay to let somebody love you and just mm-hmm. accept it and just let it marinate. Just yeah. let it marinate. I think it was also profound. I mean, it was a moment that did not need a conversation because it was something that he had never really heard from somebody that he also cared about up until this point. Yes. After the ball, the Featheringtons make it home and they find out the tragic news that their father, Lord Featherington, is dead. Yeah. Murdered. That was rough, Ashley. I mean, the, I, the, the, the signs were there, obviously, yes. given his bet and given the shadiness of the people he did the bet with. But can the I be honest? Of debt. Until yes. my second viewing, I didn't even remember this. When I watched it the second time, I was like, oh. Yo, really? I, I, I must have blocked it out. <laughs> I was like, I don't even remember this moment. So, yeah, huge, though, because, again, as we talked about the dynamic between the two main families, this is the other main family. So it is huge that they're the matriarch or the, or the patriarch, not the matriarch, has been murdered. Yes. And what is late? What is Lady Featherington going to do now? The money is exactly. gone. The, the money, money is, is gone. gone. And I'll go ahead and bring it up now. In, in these times, women did not own land. So it went to someone else and and the last bit of information we get from the Featherington family as a whole is she's given the name of the man who now owns this estate. And of course we don't know because that's for season two. Uh So Simon and Daphne reconcile with each other and they are able to connect in a deeper level without any restraints or boundaries. I put in my notes, they made love without boundaries i had escaped what i need from you is understanding that was what was going through my mind like as long as as long as there can be compassion for someone else's uh life and what someone else has been through i feel like that was the bonding element is you know daphne's no longer holding against simon what she Mm -hmm. did not fully understand all that he needed truly was understanding yes and acceptance acceptance exactly like he has he had never had anyone say that i love you completely flaws and all Mm -hmm. beyonce i'm a train wreck in the morning you knew exactly where i was going with that (laughs) exactly where i was going all the songs all the songs okay so we find out that um marina is actually still pregnant the tea did not work (laughs) and because of that that's not funny i'm laughing because of the doctor the doctor's like y'all be thinking this is gonna work it never works (laughs) never works basic basic. (laughs) a tea come on stop um and she called up Mr. Crane again and she accepted his proposal. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting was she did have a one-on-one with Lady Featherington and said, how do you have a marriage without love? And it was, 
actually one of the most profound moments for Lady Featherington. And she said, you, you fall in love with the small moments and those accumulate over time. Mm-hmm. All the Bridgertons come together and they bid farewell to Colin on his adventure. And in this time, I want to mention two things. Anthony mentions that he's made up his mind and he is ready to find his Viscountess. And he just says, all I need to do is omit love. Sir, what? Get over yourself, please, please. It was actually kind of sad. It was actually the first time probably in all of season one that I felt some level of sympathy for Anthony because again- it's so easy to paint Anthony as this fuckboy, little immature, villainous person, but he's still a human being. And the level of responsibility that he had, I can imagine, weighed on his shoulders. So now the idea of him thinking, well, I'm just going to resolve to enter into potentially a loveless marriage, it, it is sad. And I'm assuming yes. season two is going to focus on him because you mentioned- the that books. the books, yeah, focus on each of the children. Yeah. So Although, how- I'm going to need some more Simon. There's I mean, absolutely. Be because and I don't. This is repercussions if Simon ain't in season two. Okay. I say I have sympathy for Anthony, but let's be clear, I don't like that dude for real. So I'm not <laughs> excited. Sorry for the fan, the fans real out talk, there that that real man. Talk, that I, was I, I, will, fan. I have um, a side note, and then I'm almost done with this recap. Um, someone made an excellent point. They were like, Simon was so charismatic in this season. He kind of outshined the Bridgerton boys by a lot. So absolutely, they got some big shoes to fill. He um, absolutely did. There's yeah. no kind of. He yeah. absolutely. I'm trying did. to be nice here, Ashley. Let's be clear. I already said in part one, black folks came on the scene and took that shit <laughs> over. That is full facts. Full facts. I love you. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) The most interesting characters in this show, Simon, Lady Danbury, the queen. Let's be clear. Marina. Marina. Let's be clear. Again, Daphne, like you, respect you, appreciate you. Mama Bridgerton, like her. Mama Bridgerton, do your thing. But for sure, if Simon and Daphne are not still a focal point of season two, then my interest will wane. So, but continue on with your, with end of the recap, darling. Thank you. Okay. And last thing, uh, this is just something I noticed. The Duke's clothing got tremendously lighter at the end of this episode. Mm, Before he would wear a lot of, you know, very deep, vibrant colors, reds and purples and blacks and things. But here he was wearing the uh, uh, Bridgerton's light pastel blue and and gold i was like okay he is now officially part of this family um or a weight has been lifted one or the other (laughs) and then another fun note there's a brooch he wears on his um collar the the costume lady mentioned the head of costume mentioned that it's something they put there to symbolize as his mother it was his mother's brooch they never explicitly say it on the show but that is it is there on him throughout the whole the whole series, a green brooch on his lapel or something. Yeah. All right. So Lady Whistledown is revealed, Ashley. Mm-hmm. It is none other than the puppy dog sick Penelope who put her cousin on blast. Knew okay. 
<laughs> when she put that girl on blast, I was like, this was too personal. I knew it had to have been a, a person, a part of high society. I didn't think it was a, obviously the staff. And I didn't think it was the Modis. Although it was a good, she was a good, um, what's good a guess. Good, good guess. guess. Exactly. Yeah. I, knew it was, I knew it was Penelope as soon as the information was released about Marina's pregnancy. I said, oh, it has to be you because there's nobody else that I could think of that knew that information, would have leaked that information to Lady Whistledown. It was so within that household and it felt so like the last straw for Vinge, somebody. Vengeful. Yeah. And that's when I knew it was Penelope. So and two not things surprising. after watching it, she was the first person that Simon and Daphne saw from um in episode one when they left the garden mm-hmm. and when Eloise was going through her brainstorming, it was a level of giddiness with Penelope when she was like, Oh, who, who else do you think it is? You know, kind of like, I know something you don't know. Mm-hmm. We get a flash forward, Ashley, which I absolutely love. And Daphne is having the baby. She always wanted Ashley. Yes. And the way she was pushing that baby out, out i wanted to ask her is this what you really wanted girl is this it? <laughs> <laughs> i think the answer is absolutely unequivocally yes <laughs> i'm just and like y'all better not have daphne die in childbirth i'm a girl very upset because can uh, i be honest sex. i was so worried about so many of them as health wise throughout the series because of the era they're living in uh, very it was a fair. constant concern for me yes. like when daphne and simon had their time where they ran out in the rain and had sex i'm like well, hold up or y'all gonna catch a cold yes. pneumonia somebody yep. gonna die like don't yep. play so yeah and um again simon says some of the most endearing endearing things and she so daphne says uh we shouldn't we should think of a name. And he said, has to start think, with an A. I think we has to start with an A. We have to keep family traditions, don't we? And that's how we end season one of Bridgerton. We also Woo! see that B again, the B yes. that's going to be foreshadowing in future seasons. And super excited, Ashley. I had also noticed a B etched into the collar of Anthony at one yes. point. Yes. that I hadn't caught the first go around. So all those B references, yeah, I definitely caught. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad that it was resolved where hopefully they're both happy. And I'm curious to see what they're going to do with season two. All right, Ashley. And that is Bridgerton. There's a Yay. possibility that there could be up to eight seasons. Lord Jesus, so, all these children. <laughs> all these children. But this one, they did an excellent job. So Ashley... Are you ready for Hidden Gems? I am. I'm excited. All right. Go ahead. Okay. So my Hidden Gems this week, The High Note on HBO Max, also HBO, starring the Tracy Ellis Ross and Dakota Johnson. I have now watched this film twice because of how much I enjoyed it. Um, Yes. I saw it it too, also. Nice. So we have to talk about it later. So... Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it so much from the perspective of obviously 
hearing that Tracy Ellis Ross took this movie so seriously because it was her first chance ever singing. It had been a fear of hers that she wanted to overcome being the daughter of Diana Ross. So I already went into it excited about that aspect. Huge shoes. I, I kind of get it. Enormous. And just the emotional like situation she had when she went for the first time and sat in the car with her mother to play her these songs. I mean, just all of that going into it, I was excited. Mm -hmm. But as a whole, I enjoyed it. I can say I wish they would have focused a little bit more on Tracy than on Dakota's character. Yes, that's, I was actually quite surprised by that, actually. I was like, so who's the star? But exactly. if you think about it, Dakota's technically the movie star, quote unquote. And, and that is true. But because I love Tracy Ellis Ross, she is the star for me and her comedic timing her abilities throughout the whole film shined as usual and i loved it i also love the character who played the quote-unquote love interest in the film his voice i loved Mm -hmm. he did such Mm -hmm. an impeccable job for the first role i've really ever seen him in i'm sure he's been in other things i've never seen him before I think he's been in a couple other things and I was looking him up while I was watching. So at high note, HBO Max, guys, check that out. Jasmine Sullivan throwing yes. down on this new album, Hotels, and that tiny desk that just just gave me my whole life. I've watched mm-hmm. it probably four times at this point. Both dropped last Friday, the 8th. My favorite tracks, Delora. Okay. Girl Like Me featuring her. You Period. already know. Already. Last track on the album, track 14. Yes. I've listened to it multiple times every day since the album dropped. I mean, in uh, Pick Up Your Feelings lives rent-free in my head. The way Let's she just says, say, Delora was listening to that to start the podcast. <laughs> we just didn't play it for y'all. But that was on that was on Delora's radio to start the show. My other favorite tracks, though, are Lost One, which I know mm. I believe was her first single from this album. And mm-hmm. then On It feature Aria Lennox come through track six. First okay? of all, I made the mistake of listening to this because uh, this is a mixtape it's not an album she's she said this okay interesting i uh i remember listening starting listening to this mixtape and i heard that song with ari and i'm just like w- w- i guess jasmine's trying to let us know that she's a woman huh she, she's grown she's grown she, grown grown yeah and then grown. when i looked at the title i was like hotels of course yes <laughs> of course all the all the hotels in quotes are sprinkled throughout um so it's really only i believe eight tracks and i had not heard she was calling a mixtape i thought it was a a, a album she was considering to be released Mm -hmm. but in general loved it jasmine has not dropped anything in a very long time hardcore jasmine fans i know y'all have already listened to this this is not a hidden gem for y'all but for anybody who has not yet discovered the brilliance and the beautiful voice of jasmine sullivan you better get him Amazing. Um, my last hidden gem, this Tiger Woods documentary that mm. I didn't even know I cared about until HBO Max dropped it. Over I knew week. I would enjoy it. And now that you, you've mentioned it, I'm like, I'm going to have to watch it now. Yeah. So part one was dropped this past Sunday. And then part two is going to get dropped this coming Sunday, guys, at 9 p.m., I believe. So Tiger Woods, as we all know, was legend, huge biggest athlete at one point in time i had forgotten the mania around tiger until i rewatched this this man had a this man had a camera in his face since he was a baby the way that earl woods talked about his son was some kanye west ish he was saying that tiger was gonna be guess what wait 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 think about this all great parents of great athletes serena venus daddy 
Yeah. Um, tiger. Uh, ball. The balls. Well, it, he definitely reminded me of of the balls father when I was watching. So I was like, oh, that's the level you was on. I didn't even remember this, Earl, because I was too young <laughs> to be paying attention to all of this that you were saying at the time, obviously. But they speak so much about that relationship between Tiger and his father. A lot of information I was unaware of just in his, Is his family father dynamics. Still alive? No, his father passed away. Mm-hmm. So all of those dynamics are on display, especially, you know, the young, impressionable era of Tiger's life that I didn't know too much about. And Part two, I think, is going to get more into the scandal. So I enjoyed part one. I'm definitely going to be tuning in to part two. If you're a sports fan or you just have an interest, I definitely recommend checking it out on HBO Max. Those are my hidden gems. I have two hidden gems today. So my first is, uh, so they're both on Instagram, okay? The first is AOC's um, live that she's now posted on her Instagram from January 13th in this live she talks about um what happened at the Capitol a week prior she talks about how it was a um, traumatizing event that her life was on the line she didn't go into great detail because uh she was concerned for security reasons Mm. but what she had to say was it, it was just very insightful, especially for someone who lived it. One of the things that she said that was really heart-wrenching for me was that she didn't feel safe on a multiple, on a multiple of fronts. She didn't feel safe with her fellow uh, Congress people who hmm. didn't want to wear masks. She also felt like some of her Congress people would even rat her out to the whether is it insurgents or something? I don't know. What, uh, domestic what terrorists. Domestic, domestic terrorists. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Yikes. do I agree on all of her political philosophies? No, but I do admire her for, she just does a really good job being so eloquent and just rising to the occasion of her job as a Congresswoman. And um, it's, it's about 60 minutes, but I think it's worth the watch. She was one of the first people to really talk about um, her account on that day of January 6th. The second Instagram post I am speaking of for my hidden gem is from Andre Leon Talley. So mm-hmm. if you're living under a rock, <laughs> um, Madam Vice President. On, or you're not on social media. That too. That can be a, a part of it. Madam Vice President Kamala Harris is on the cover of Vogue and the print cover has much to be desired and I have my opinions about it I prefer the second digital uh, cover Um, I feel like it was a missed opportunity I have since learned that there was indeed a black photographer uh, Tyler the one who shot Beyonce he was the first black photographer to ever get a a Vogue cover Uh, he shot this particular cover it's just again and there was a black editor like but it just seemed like the ball was dropped okay um and you're bringing this up because one of the main criticisms is that Anna Wintour supposedly does not care about black women when they are photographed for the cover of Vogue Exactly. Thank you, Ashley. And so I went, I went directly 
to Andre Leontelli's Instagram to see what he had to say because I hate to say it like this, but he was the resident black for many years at Condé Nash, specifically at Vogue. And he has also been very vocal about Anna Wintour and her cruelty in some ways. <laughs> the devil wears Prada. <laughs> so I was surprised to see that he had a lot of positive, positive things to say. Some of the things he mentioned was, you know, he loved the converse because, you know, since we're in a pandemic, not everyone's wearing stilettos. He loves the homage to, um, you know, the AKA sorority that she's a part of. And he loved uh, that, you know, she's wearing the suit that she always wears, but for specifically black women, we whenever there's a black woman on the cover of vote i don't care if she's a politician or not you want her to be you want the best foot you know to go forward you don't want oh well she's approachable that's their thing or whatever no no Mm -hmm. this is vogue Mm -hmm. this is vogue so i was surprised by his response Go ahead, head to his Instagram. He has a whole spill, uh, spill on it. And those are my hidden gems this week. Thank you. And I think I mentioned to you too when um, we were talking about this that just another part of it for me in terms of the scandal of it or the discussion of it is I think I'm so worried about her life right now that this pales in comparison. Yes. So I think that that is the major thing for me with like at this moment, am I giving it some of the thought that I think a lot of other people are when it comes to the criticism, I can understand it, but it's like, I'm worried about what may happen tomorrow or next week versus Again, how she looks on a cover of a magazine. I am at the interested moment. on what the end of this month is going to look like. Right. Yeah. Because I am, I've never been so nervous about a, an a inauguration day in my entire life. And that is so messed up. We are Americans. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's real. I remember being very nervous during Barack Obama's inauguration oh, and feeling yes, that someone may try to harm him. Something might happen. Absolutely. But this definitely feels much more palpable. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who feel the same based on the fact that we are seeing physically seeing what is happening and that it's not just the idea that is marinating out there. There is a real threat. There's an imminent threat to yes. safety um, and people are taking it to just another level. So, so that's, that's, that's one yes. of the reasons why with this, like, I don't think I'm giving it as much weight as some of the other people are right now. Cause I'm like, protect her life at all costs. Period. <laughs> Period. But I just feel like if you want to take your mind off of the serious stuff, this should have been another flower in the cap, but the ball was dropped. Absolutely. And And again, these are things that we talk about. This is why we have our show is to help with the, with the levity of the moment. Absolutely. And to your point, when, when it is looked back on after the seriousness of what's going on right now, I will understand much more probably if there's continued criticism or if people feel her next cover, because I'm sure she will have another cover. I'm waiting for that essence cover to drop will whenever be, that happens. Yeah, will be everything. But yes. thank you for your hidden gems, Laura. Thank you, Ashley. Another week in the books, kids. Episode 13. Yes, yes, yes. Um... Find us on all the things. Hopefully, everybody who's listening to us regularly has found us on Instagram and recapping recap podcasts, on Facebook, on Twitter. We have our Gmail if you want to send us a note with some feedback or some information, recapping podcasts at Gmail. 
Delora has asked and we've asked previously, please yes. send us some thoughts. Please send us your grades. For what these are your fantastic grades? Shows that we're yes. watching. We want to hear from you. Don't be and shy. We will post them. Yes. And we will also talk about it. If you don't have Instagram or social media, cause mom, I know you don't <laughs> uh, go ahead and send us something via Gmail or mom, light you know, you can signals, Morse codes, all we're the things. open. We're open. Guys, thank you so much for sticking with us for another week. We thank look you. forward to talking to you next week. We are going to be doing Cobra Kai. We're going to have two parts. Yes. Next week, we're doing seasons one and two. So please, if you have not already binged one and two on Netflix, please be sure to do so. And we look forward to talking to you then. Delora, I love you to death. It's been fun. It's love been you real. Too, girl. So All much fun. Things. I wanna. Lit, 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 lit. <laughs> 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 Bye. Bye. <laughs>